right, you can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Well, it's so great to be back in the house. We were here for week 212, boiling point. We're back for week 218. So good to be in the house with you tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm gonna be preaching a message tonight called Burning and Shining Lamps. Burning and Shining Lamps. I'm convinced that we are in a season of visitation in America and God is weeping over this nation because we're at risk of missing it. I thank God for what he's doing in this house and different regions in America, but I have a special burden tonight that God would continue to send out burning and shining lamps into every sphere of society. So grateful that today is Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ, fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah and 9-9, that Jesus would come riding on a donkey, that people would cry out, Hosanna. I wanna tell you that God once again is looking for donkeys that he can ride upon into cities and nations of the earth. I said God is looking for donkeys. He's not looking for the popular. He's not looking for media personalities. We are on the verge of the greatest visitation this nation has ever known. And God is looking for a people who are willing to bow low, who don't need an introduction, who don't need a title, who don't need a reputation. Lord, I just want to be a donkey. I'm telling you, the Lord Jesus is saying tonight, I have need of thee. He is looking, his eyes are searching the earth, looking for burning and shining lamps, men and women that he can just simply ride upon. It says that as Jesus rode a donkey into Jerusalem, we know that they began to cry out, Hosanna. Then the Pharisees and the religious crowd told Jesus, make them stop. And what were the words of the Lord Jesus? If they don't cry out, the rocks will. And I'm prophesying to you, we are in a season of visitation in this nation where if we don't begin to say, yes, Lord, like a donkey, Lord, I want to be a donkey. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what the profile is. Lord, I just want to host you. Lord, I want to get out of the way. Lord, hide me in the cloud so people might see me. Come on, I need some people in this room tonight who are willing to lay down their reputation, who are willing to get out of the rat race of religion, who are tired of building their brand, who are tired of getting out of the orphan talent show in America of who's most famous, who has the most campuses,
is, who gives the most to missions. Lord, I just want to be a donkey in your kingdom. Lord, I'm willing to cry out. I'm willing to say he's the God who saves me. I'm willing to step out in faith tonight and not remain silent. It says that Jesus began to weep over Jerusalem for they would miss their season of visitation. I'm prophesying to you, God is visiting you at your work and you're saying, Lord, I need a pulpit. And the Lord says, I have no pulpit for you for I have sent you as a burning and shining lamp in the marketplace. I want you to take the secret place to the marketplace. I want you to lay your life down. I want you to burn privately before you shine publicly. Oh, folks, I feel a rumble in my belly because the same people who shouted Hosanna in the early week would shout crucify him at the end of the week because God decided to show up as a humble servant who died on a tree. He wasn't interested in a Roman overthrow. He wasn't interested in the popularity contest. He had his sights set to obey the Lord Jesus Christ in whatever it took. Oh, when God rides in. Oh! Oh, we celebrate him, Lord. I thank you that your presence is here. And then all of a sudden, he decides to manifest in a way you don't like. Oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even when they don't look like and act like what we want. See, I sensed in my heart tonight, some of us have been crying out for God's help, and he sent help, but you're missing your season of visitation because he sent a donkey. Oh, I've just been fellowshipping before tonight, feeling the brokenheartedness of Jesus. Oh, celebrated one moment, the throwing palm branches down. Hosanna. And then all of a sudden, when they find out he's not here to meet their needs and their demands, they yell, crucify him. Lord, I don't want to be someone crying out for awakening in America. And then when you decide to use donkeys, I get upset. I just, I keep feeling this, this same thing every time I get in this pulpit. I, I feel compelled to, to try to plead with some of you. The visitation you're looking for has already come. And you are searching and looking for some move of God, and it's right in front of you, and you love to shoot messengers so you don't have to listen to the message.
I want to talk a little bit about the urgent need of the hour. I, I feel in my heart an urgency for this nation. For whatever reason, recently I was led to read some of the latest writings of fathers of the faith in America before they died. For whatever reason, I, I just felt like I want to go back and read what Bill Bright wrote before he died. I want to read what Billy Graham wrote before he died over this nation. I want to read the words of David Wilkerson to help me get a gauge of what some of these fathers spoke over our nation. In 1995, in his book, The Coming Revival, Bill Bright called two million Americans to a 40-day fast and prayed that God would have mercy on America and not send judgment. Here's his words. God does not tolerate sin. The Bible and history make this painfully clear. I believe God has given ancient Israel as an example of what will happen to the United States without revival. He will continue to discipline us with all kinds of problems until we repent or we are destroyed, as was ancient Israel because of her sin and disobedience. In 1999, David Wilkerson wrote a book called America's Last Call. Our nation right now, he said, is receiving its final call to repentance just prior to great judgment. I believe a coming economic and social collapse is imminent, not because I have a prophetic word, but because I simply have studied God's word. I've discerned from the scriptures that God is dealing with America in the same way he has dealt with other nations who have forgotten him. The fact is God's ways are absolutely unchangeable when it comes to his dealings with sinful nations. God works the same in every generation because he is just. My prayer is God have mercy, he said. Finally, in July 2012, Billy Graham wrote a letter to the church entitled, My Heart Aches for America. Some years ago, my wife Ruth was reading a draft of a book I was writing on the downward spiral of our moral standards in America and the idolatry of worshiping entertainment and sex. She startled me by saying, if God does not judge America, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Millions of babies have been aborted in our nation. Thousands and millions seem largely unconcerned even in the church. Self-centered indulgence, pride, and a lack of shame over sin are now emblems of the American lifestyle. 
We are living in a culture that tries so hard not to offend anyone but God. My heart aches for America and its deceived people. I don't know where that hits your theology, but I felt quickened in my spirit as I prepared for tonight, knowing that I would be preaching on Palm Sunday, the triumphal entry of the Lord Jesus Christ, knowing that he's looking for donkeys to ride upon in this nation, men and women who are willing to lay down their need to be famous. God is confronting celebrity Christianity in America. He is exposing it. He is leveling the field. He's saying it's not about building your brand and your reputation. I'm looking for a willingness just to spread out like a landing strip and say, God, send your glory. Lord, we're living in an urgent hour. God, we need a season of visitation in America. Lord, if we don't lift our voices on behalf of the 60 million babies aborted in this nation, the rocks are going to cry out. We need a healthy sense of sobriety. We need an urgency of the hour. And I want to declare faithfully to you tonight, God is raising up burning and shining lamps in this nation that are going to infiltrate every sphere of society. Just as God raised up John the Baptist prior to the first coming of Jesus, so in that same spirit, he is raising up another generation of John the Baptist. They have a mandate to bring the mountains of of pride and arrogance low. They have a mandate to lift up valleys of discouragement and disappointment. They have a message of prepare the way of the Lord. Every tongue, every nation is going to bow before the King of glory. You can choose voluntarily to bow right now or you can mandatorily bow when he comes again. See, I still believe that hell is hot. I still believe that heaven is glorious. I still believe there is only one way to the Lord Jesus Christ, and that is through the cross. I still believe that marriage is between one man and one woman. I still believe in holiness. I still believe in being set apart as a glorious, spotless bride. See, I believe that there's a rally that's happening in this nation. Glory! Zephaniah, it's a book that not a lot of people read. He was called as a prophet to minister to a nation caught 
in religious apostasy. To their sin, he responded with the strongest development of the theme, the day of the Lord. It is thought that Zephaniah came from a royal lineage. Zephaniah 1 verse 7 and 12 says this, Be silent before the Lord, for the day of the Lord is near. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated a people. And it will come about at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps. And I will punish men who are lazy in their hearts. This description of God searching Jerusalem with lamps. I believe God is searching America with lamps. I believe that God is raising up burning and shining lamps in America, houses of prayer. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about hosting the glory and presence of God where the weight of conviction of sin falls where God calls you. See, I love Smith Wigglesworth. I love the miracle ministry God has given him, gave him, but that's not my favorite Wigglesworth story. You know my favorite one? The time he got on a train, said nothing, but he hosted the holiness of God in such a way that everyone on the train fell out on their knees and began to cry out to God for mercy because he learned how to host God's glory. See, folks, I praise God for the supernatural. I praise God for miracles and his power. But Jesus was without spot or blemish. He had all authority and all power, yet it came from a sinless life. I believe God is raising up burning and shining lamps in America who are going to search out the deep things of God in this nation. They're going to be lighthouses. They're going to be battering rams against the darkness. Folks, we need men and women to rise up against the antichrist agenda in this nation. We need parents who are burning and shining lamps to rise up against Disney. No, you're not going to deliver something you're in bed with. I'm talking about dropping a plumb line in your home saying, we ain't going back to Disney ever again. I'm not letting their movies in my house ever again. I'm going to drop a plumb line in my home. It's, it's astounding to me in the, in the charismatic Pentecostal church 
how much we love the miraculous devoid of holiness. We can do fire tunnels, we can do crazy worship, but the moment someone starts talking about the conflict between light and darkness, the moment someone starts confronting sin, people get a little nervous. And I just want to remind you of the word of God. There are elders and there are creatures in heaven right now. And they're circling the throne and they're not saying grace, grace, grace. They are saying holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. God wants to flood this atmosphere with light tonight. He wants to release a spirit of burning. He wants the kind of fire that's a refiner's fire, a fire that cleanses, a fire that ignites, a fire that consecrates, a fire that's willing to say, Lord, I don't care what I look like. Oh, thank God for Azusa Street, for a one-eyed black man. Oh, he didn't care. He'd stick his head in a box and just sit there awkwardly during services until God spoke. He was a donkey that God used to ignite Pentecostalism in America. What could God do tonight in your sphere of influence if you would lay down the American dream and pick up the God dream? Oh God, I want your fire. We need the fear of the Lord again. said, I'll search out Jerusalem with lamps. And wouldn't you know in medieval art over the centuries, when you find Zephaniah, they portrayed him as the guy with the lamp. John 5 verse 35, this is what it says about John the Baptist. He was the lamp that was burning and shining, and you were willing to rejoice for a little while in its light. It's interesting that the Bible says in the last days, men will not endure sound doctrine. I'm not talking about having a holiness conference once a year where you experience worldly sorry and feel bad because you got caught. When it says men will not endure, it means men and women will not 
be able to continue week in and week out to continue to be around a plumb line. But I want to prophesy to you today, as the word of God says, in those days when the plumb line drops, God's people are going to rejoice. See, I believe that people in this nation are just waiting for someone to tell them what's right and what's wrong. See, I see a confused generation that's looking for mom and dad to love them enough to risk a broken relationship for the sake of whether they're going to hell heaven or hell. I've just, I've just, I've noticed it's just we get excited, right? Somebody's preaching and they're on fire. We just like to dance around the fire, but we're not ready for the invitation to get in. Why should we study the life of John the Baptist as our example of a burning and shining lamp that God rose up? I take the words of Jesus as why. Jesus said he was the greatest born of a woman. If you have your Bibles quickly, would you turn to John chapter 3? I believe that there's a fresh baptism of holiness and consecration that God wants to release tonight. I'm believing for the miracles. I'm believing for God to touch physical bodies. But I'm believing that the spirit of burning, the conviction of sin, fresh realms of consecration. I just want to say this to you. Going deeper in God will always be labeled as legalism to those who aren't in love. Going deeper in God will always be called legalism to those who are not in love. See, there's a place of encountering the love and the affection of Jesus where in order to go deeper in him, it means the less I can take with me. I want to call you out of rules and regulation. I want to invite you into a passionate, hot love affair with Jesus Christ. Because I'm telling you in an hour of temptation, just knowing you shouldn't sleep with that guy before marriage, just knowing it's the wrong thing to do is not going to keep you. But being in love with Jesus, being locked in with the fire that burns in his eyes. It's that kind of encounter that's going to free you from your addiction to staring at naked images on a computer screen. I'm telling you, Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy because he loved grace. Oh, false. 
Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy because he loved righteousness and hated wickedness and sin. I'm telling you, there's a supernatural joy available to our lives when we learn how to hate what God hates and love what he loves. See, I want to I want to decree a ban in this room. I want to ban miserable Christianity. I want to challenge your perceptions of holiness and consecration. I want to declare over your life, you were born for eternal glory. You were born for intimacy with God. You're not sitting in here missing out on what's going on out there. Days are coming to the church where people out there are going to wonder what they're missing out on in here. Oh, there's a joy and there's a pleasure of knowing God where you stop feeling sorry for yourself that you're not sleeping around. Where you stop feeling sorry for yourself that you're not out drinking at the bar because I've learned how to drink of the Holy Spirit and fire. I've learned that there's no high like the most high. I've learned that there are pleasures forevermore in his. Oh, come on. We don't have to be ashamed of the gospel. Oh, it's so freeing. Thank you, God, that I'm not as depressed as I was before I was saved. Well, why can't we get anybody saved? They're looking at you. People just walk around the church trying to do the best that they can, and they heard they hear about prayer and fasting and more, and they're like, oh God. There's there more? I gotta give you more. I gotta give you another sacrifice. No, you don't have to give him another sacrifice. You are the sacrifice. Oh, I pray that you're in love tonight. I pray that fellowship with him is sweet. I pray that times in prayer is just a cool drink to your soul. So that when the devil comes to you and tries to resurrect what's already dead, you tell him to shut up, devil. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but he that lives within me. You don't have any hooks in my flesh anymore because I believe I don't have to sin. In fact, I've been so delivered from religion, I recognize I'm not a sinner anymore. Oh, you talk about making religion mad. No, nowhere in the Bible does Paul write, dear sinners. And, and then we falsely quote the book of Romans. 
When we're trapped in sin, well, what I want to do, I don't do, and what I don't do, I want to do, he's referring to his former manner of life. It just, it's wild to me. Again, we like the miracles, we like the, the rah-rah, we like the, but when you talk, like you can be totally free from sin. Once you've been born again, you will never be a successful sinner again. Once you've been born again, you will never be good at sin because you have been given a new nature. The old is past and the new has come. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit who leads and guides you into all truth. And Jesus rose from the dead so that you could enjoy abundant fellowship with him and so that you could be a demon-busting, tongue-talking, divine agent of healing who has been separated unto God. I'm no longer that person I've been. I wish somebody would get loose tonight. I just... You can stay miserable. You can stay bound in religious pornography. You can be stuck in whatever trap you want. But I'm telling you, there's a special season of visitation coming. We're going to start learning how to burn privately before we try to shine publicly. You know, that, that's part of the celebrity Christianity. It's like everybody wants the spotlight. You go to ministry school, you go to Bible, everyone, you've got just 75% of the church works in the marketplace, and they should. But then they come to church, and it's like we try to convince them, no, you're supposed to be a preacher. No, the dream and the goal and the vision is to lead revival from a stage. And then we just want to fast track people into a microphone and under the lights without realizing the very lights you want are the very lights that are going to expose you. Those skeletons that are hiding in the closet Getting married isn't going to cure you. And I don't care how supernatural, how many times you've been baptized. Your daddy's a preacher. None of that matters in the kingdom of God. Oh, Lord, I want to be one who burns privately. I want to begin to ask you how to use me in my workplace. I want to ask you to set me so on fire at the coffee shop that there's something otherworldly about me that begins to collide with a worldly nature. 
Lord, I want to embrace my identity as a foreigner, as an alien, as a stranger. Folks, I've got news for you. If you've been born again, you are an absolute freak. You are a Jesus freak. The whole goal of Christianity is not to fit in. The goal is to stand out. Get off the fence of lukewarm Christianity and jump into the deep end of the holiness of God. Let him fill your life with joy that never runs dry. Oh, it's so freeing, isn't it? Praise God, so the goal of the church has nothing to do with becoming a subculture of the world. This is a gathering of called out ones. There should be a noticeable difference about my life versus someone who's not born again. All right, keep going with me. Here comes Easter. No, 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 no. The, the goal is not to water it down. The goal is to not create a comfortable atmosphere where we can't even tell the difference between who's saved and who's not. Oh, the worship should be hotter next Sunday. Oh, there should be more revival fire in the atmosphere next Sunday than ever before. We don't have to feel ashamed about it. We don't have to be mean-spirited about it. We're just in love. Oh, there's just something when someone's in love, there's that look in their eye. There's just when you're in love, you don't worry about whether you're going to cheat on your spouse or not. Just, just this realm of encounter and joy and his presence forevermore. John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp in his generation. Lord, do it again in ours. John 3, verse 27, John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. And so this joy of mine has been made full. He must increase, but I must decrease. 
you're taking notes, I want to give you five descriptions of John the Baptist's life, who again, I believe is a prototype sent before the first coming of Christ. And in that same spirit, we're going to see the John the Baptist anointing, repent, prepare the way of the Lord. Voices are going to emerge in every sphere of society. They're going to walk in the supernatural power of God. There's going to be a special joy and a wonder that surrounds their life because people are going to be convinced they're not faking it. They're just in love. Number one, I've been saying it all night. John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp. We have a generation looking to slay Goliath who refuses to fight the lion and the bear. I want to encourage you. A lot of people dream about the big revival. They dream about that major time when God's going to use them in large crowds. Praise God if that's the call that he has for you. But what it means to be processed is being faithful in the private place. If you want to be married in this room, I want to reach out to you in love and say work on your junk. I want to set you free. Your spouse is not going to take care of your private addiction. As you're in this season of singleness, I want to encourage you, devote your life and your calling to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to get so hot in the place of prayer and commitment to the Lord that no man bound in carnality will dare talk to you. You know where my wife found me? At an all-night prayer meeting. I was wearing a promise ring, so she thought I was married. See, I was consecrated to the Lord before I ever gave myself to a woman. Isn't it just crazy? We used to celebrate purity in the church, and now we look down at people who consecrate. We have become so lukewarm and worldly that we can't stand people who actually want to do it Jesus' way. There is a spirit in the church that's literally trying to convince you you're crazy because you actually believe the gospel. I want to break that thing off of your life and invite you into a true born-again experience and adventure in the kingdom of God. I want to tell you, you can have a healthy, functional marriage, the hot love affair that you had on the honeymoon can last. You're going to go through trial and tribulation, but it's Jesus Christ at the center of your marriage that's going to make it last. See, it's like they don't, don't talk about divorce. 
Why? Because now in the church, just as many people are divorced as in the world. Listen, we all know that God's a God of second chances, but we should be able to preach on God's original design for marriage, one man and one woman for life, without feeling ashamed about it. It's, re it's real quiet. Just all of this biblical stuff has become taboo. So now we, we just cheerlead. We serve cotton candy. We serve lollipops. We make everything topical. Your best life now. We tell people you're, that who are dying and going to hell, you're doing great. And, and for me, oh God, there's just so much more. Oh, I refuse to keep quiet about my Jesus. I refuse to lower my standards. I truly believe in this generation, if you're not sold out, you'll sell out. I, I truly believe we're living in such urgent hours in our nation that if your goal is to blend in and make friends with the world, God is going to spit you out of his mouth. Oh, it's so freeing as a man of God when you stop trying to entertain goats and we start feeding sheep. I, I preach all around the country. It's like, we, we don't even know who's saved and who's not. We, we, there's so much mixture and there's so much compromise. And I'm telling you, at its foundation is we refuse to preach the real gospel. And when you refuse to preach the real gospel, you strip it of its power. Where are the miracles? Preach the gospel. Where's the power of God? Devote yourself to him fully. See, I see a sword in this room tonight. I believe God is about to cut off cycles of sin in your life. I believe that God is about to devour compromise in this room. I believe that God is about to pour out liquid love upon this generation. I believe that God is going to raise up older leaders in this room who are going to stop giving my generation who is Hophni and Phineas. I believe that God is going to raise up an older generation who are going to stop being Eli when you refuse to confront wickedness and sin God will write Ichabod over your house we want the glory if we want a last day's awakening and revival now is the time to run to the altar Thank you, Lord. It was a burning and a shining lamp, number two. 
says that Jeremiah Johnson had notoriety for a season. Oh. I like what John Knox says. If you dare preach repentance, you might as well pledge your head to heaven. I'll be honest with you, I always am. Do you know how many places I preach in America who bring me in because they want me to stand people up and prophesy to them? Hundreds. We get about 450 invitations a year for me to come minister. Just to stand people up. When I start opening up the word of God, the pastor will say to me, Jeremiah, please close your Bible and start prophesying. Because we are so addicted to feelings and touch and sugary candy that we have set ourselves up against the plumb line of God's word. A lot of people don't know this about prophetic ministry. If you want a good, fat love offering, you just tell people what they want to hear. Cars, houses, upgrades, angels, breakthrough. You know the kind of pressure that's put on people knowing if I don't perform and I don't do tickle me Elmo, I'm going to have to worry about how I feed my family. See, but here's the thing. Here's the lie I don't believe. I don't believe that if you sell out to the truth, you're going to be poor your whole life. See, I actually believe that God is reserving funds and finances in this nation for a righteous and holy people in every sphere of society. Folks, if he did it with Daniel, I, I used to do these marketplace gatherings with like multi-millionaire business people. And the tagline is, wealth in the, in the hands of the righteous brings influence. None of your Christian business people. Wealth in the hands of the righteous brings influence. Well, I get invited up in there, and I'm like, Argh. how about holiness in the hearts of the righteous brings influence? Prove it. What about Daniel? What about Joseph? What about two men who fully consecrated themselves to the Lord and gained incredible influence over a nation? I'm telling you, I'm prophesying to you, I beg you, fight the lie that if I fully consecrate to the Lord, I'm not going to get a promotion. Fight the lies of the devil that if I take a stand for God at my work and in my business, 
I'm going to be put out of business. Some of you need to be put out of business and get into God's business. Come on, I'm telling you, it's time to get a backbone. This spineless Christianity where we continue to bow to Babylon is over. God is going to raise up righteous men and women in every sphere of society who are going to make righteous decisions and people's eyes are going to be open to the truth. There's going to be uncompromising message coming forth from the pulpits. I'm telling you, God's going to do it in politics. God's going to do it in the education system. He will have a people. He will have a remnant in these last days. He's going to raise up healthy marriages. He's going to raise up healthy families. God will have a remnant. Oh, devil, get off me. Get, get off me. Stop making me try to feel bad that I don't watch rated R movies. There, there, there's just, oh, you little poor baby. You didn't watch people cuss each other out tonight. Oh, you didn't watch more infidelity. The devil is a liar. Oh, my. Well, if I give my business to the Lord, we're going to lose all our employees. I'm, I'm, I'm issuing an invitation tonight from heaven. I triple dog dare you to consecrate your business, your marriage, and your lifestyle to the Lord and watch his fire fall like never before. Oh, hallelujah. Influence and success may last for a season. God's glory will prevail. Number three, John the Baptist was a friend of the bridegroom. I just want to say this one more time. John chose a title. I referenced the donkeys earlier. John just wanted to be known as a friend of Jesus. God is dealing with a need in the church for accolades. He's dealing in the church with a need for titles and platforms. John knew his place. Number four, his source of joy was found in the bridegroom's voice. Lord, I want to find joy in shutting down all the noise in my life. And I want you to tune my ears into your voice and let me find satisfaction and validation. And I'm telling you, the Lord is delivering you right now, many of you, from a spirit of impurity. 
I believe God right now in this room is cleansing consciences that have been defiled by a worldly spirit. I feel the Lord is saying to me right now, I'm calling on the men in this room to make a covenant with your eyes like Job. I'm asking you tonight, sir, to consider separating yourself from every sin that besets you, recognizing that God has called you as a man of covenant. It's more than just fighting what you're fighting. It's about opening up your home to demons. Watching pornography is fellowshipping with demons. Here's what here's the emails I get. Oh, brother, you just need an encounter with the Father's love. Oh, brother, don't you know the kindness of God leads us toward repentance? And again, it's this hyper grace, worldly spirit that is raging against burning and shining lamps where I believe you're going to get a breakthrough tonight. I believe God wants to break the spirit of shame off of many of you who know I'm called as a Nazarite. I thank God for my friend Lou Engel and the call. I'm just telling you it ended way too soon. I'm telling you, he was after a John the Baptist generation and a spirit of Jezebel came and tried to take him out. That compromising, seductive, just tone it down. Stop talking about the LGBTQ agenda. Stop talking about abortion. Just focus on the gospel. No, the gospel comes to save lives. The gospel comes to establish marriage between one man and one woman. Um, these are not cultural issues. These are gospel issues. Brother, you're a, we think you're a bigot. I mean, all of this, I'm telling you, it's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit of Delilah that is asking Samson to lay down in your lap and just chill out. I'm telling you tonight, you are in danger of being seduced by a spirit if you allow compromise in your life. I feel like the Lord is calling a holy call in this room. I'm telling you, God is saying, I want you to make such a separation between yourself and brother. I can't. Yes, you can. If you want to be free, throw that stinking computer in the trash. If you want to be free, make radical choices. Get accountability. Oh, I'm so grateful for a group of friends who won't leave me alone. I got a guy who sits on the front row tonight, a friend. You know what he often says to me? Look me in the eyes. Look, what is he saying? The eyes are the window to the soul. 
Brother, look me in the eyes. Look at me and tell me what you've been looking at is pure. Look at me. Oh, I'm grateful for friends. I'm grateful for a wife who won't let me get away with anything. I'm telling you, some of you, your flesh is squirming tonight, and we're going to get it to die in the altar, and then you're going to crucify it in the water. But I'm telling you, you're not leaving here tonight the same way you walked in. Oh, we need fathers, not wimps. We don't need any more sissified preaching. We don't need any more effeminate voices speaking to you like God enjoys your sin. We need men and women who have been with God in the secret place, who are burning and shining lamps. They're not here to please you. They're here to please God. Smile at me. And this is great. What a wonderful night in God. He loves me too much to leave me the way that he found me. Come as you are does not mean stay as you are. There's no one that has ever... Well, brother, I was born gay. Fine, but you weren't born again gay. I'm just, I'm, no, you, no, you, 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 you haven't been in his glory and you're still cussing people out. Like you, you haven't been in real revival if you're still lusting all the time. You were in your feelings. You were having an emotional experience stirred by defiled worship. Brothers and sisters, when we drive out the hireling spirit in the church, when we stop allowing foreigners in the house of God, real revival will come. When we just stop paying talented musicians just to lead us in worship and we don't even know if they're saved or not. If they don't know Jesus, they're not leading you into his presence. They're leading you into their demonic world. When God comes and cleanses his house, he'll pour out his joy. When God finds a people who, when they hear repent, they don't get antsy, they leap with joy. Father, thank you that you love me enough not to look away. Folks, can you imagine your son or daughter walking right out into the highway and they're about to get hit with a car? I guarantee you, you wouldn't say, you would be shouting. 
you would be foaming at the, this is what the Lord said to me, the deeper the church in America falls asleep, the louder I'm going to yell. I'm telling you, God is going to raise up voices who are going to sing one octave too high for the natural ear. God is going to raise up voices who are going to cry aloud and spare not. God is going to raise up voices in the church. They're not here to fill up seats. They are here to fill up bowls from heaven which are the prayers of the saints the kingdom of God does not come when the seats are full the kingdom of God comes when the bowls are full oh I thank God for Todd Smith he didn't ask me to do this I thank God for a faithful father in this house who God has raised up as a burning and shining lamp you should thank him for his stand for truth in this generation you should bless him you should thank him and say Todd we love you we love you thank you thank you for not selling out I, see I don't I don't really know what you listen to I travel around this nation and I tune in to here on a Sunday morning and I'm like, thank you, God. Oh, God. There's a great falling away in the church. The problem is we just, there's no falling away in the pulpit. This stuff, it literally runs so deep that doctrines of demons are being preached from pulpits in America. And where we find men and women who are willing to take a stand, let us honor them. Let us say, well done. Let us find ways that we can partner with their vision and not stand against it because our flesh doesn't like it oh God get me in the water again tonight oh God I want you to come and swallow up even if there's one percent of carnality inside of me Lord I want it out right now in Jesus name Lord, I'm coming tonight to drown every ounce of compromise and sin in my life. It's got to go. I used to preach to a people without mixture. God will pour out his spirit without measure. It's here and it's now. We're in a season of divine visitation. There's an urgency of the hour that God is releasing. On the anniversary, the weekend of Azusa Street, I want to encourage you, holiness is still relevant. 
want to tell you that God loves you. I want to tell you that God doesn't believe the best about you. It's a lie. Stop. God doesn't believe the best about anyone. He believes the truth about you. Now, let me give you a revelation as we close. If God does not believe the best about us, we don't have to believe the best about anyone. Let me explain. When you believe the best about someone, you build an illusion in your mind based off of who they're not, which allows you to love them. God has no illusions about you. He doesn't have to dream about the better version of you to love you. God believes the truth about you, and here's the power of love. He still chooses yes. <laughs> Folks, if you're here tonight and you're living in adultery, I want to let you know the love of God is coming tonight to swallow up your compromise and sin and lead you into repentance. I want to tell you tonight, if you're here and you're struggling with pornography and impurity, the love of God is here. He sees it all, and he still says, I choose you. This is not a performance gospel where you clean up and then God chooses you. I want to tell you right now, under any condition that you find yourself in tonight, the love of God, His mercy, His grace, and His truth, it's here for you. I want you to bow your heads with me. As we begin to pray, God, I ask that you would release a spirit of burning in this room. God, we thank you for the fuller's field. We thank you for your soap that washes us and cleanses us. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would search us and know us, O oh God. I just, I can't get away from sensing a Nazarite calling in this room. The Nazarites were a breed in the Bible who willingly sacrificed the pleasures of this world for a higher degree of satisfaction in God. They willingly gave up the pleasures of this life because they hungered for a higher degree of satisfaction in God. I believe God wants to mark messengers tonight. God wants to tattoo you 
He wants to set his seal upon your heart. Do you sense that call tonight? If you know he's knocking on the door of your heart, I want you to run down to the altar quickly. As you come, I want you to begin to cry out to the Lord. I want you to begin to lift up your voice. I want you to build an altar to the Lord here tonight. Come on, I'm telling you, chains are breaking right now. Cycles of compromise. The Lord is delivering someone from homosexuality tonight, right now. We drive that spirit out of this house right now in Jesus' name. Come down, come down. Who else? Come, come encounter his love. If you're sitting here and you have a prayer language, begin to pray in the spirit. If you don't have a prayer language, just pray in English. God, we ask, would you send your fire tonight? Come on, come on, that's it. There are some of you in this room tonight, you do not know Jesus. You know the church and the motions, but you've never had a born-again experience. I want to tell you tonight that Hosanna, the God who saves, is here. He wants to triumph over your sin and darkness and set you free in the name of Jesus. That's it, just a few more minutes. God set a people apart for you in this hour. God raise up righteous men and women who know that their identity is found in you. God, we're asking that you would break sin cycles tonight. We pray for freedom and deliverance. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Just getting a vision literally of sin being swallowed up tonight. Shun 
Jesus, Jesus, there's no other name but the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Freedom tonight, Lord. Freedom from the spirit of shame tonight. The Lord is setting a generation free from being ashamed of the gospel. Some of you need to literally take off that garment of shame and condemnation that your compromised friends are trying to put on you. Thank you, Lord. Some of you, as I've been preaching tonight, you've been sensing a spirit of boldness coming upon you, a gift of courage to lift up your voice. I sense a supernatural backing from heaven, an authority coming upon your life, a fresh unction of the Holy Spirit, a weight and a substance. I hear the Lord saying it's time to take back surrendered territory. Come on, begin to lift up your voice if that's you. God, send your fire. God, raise up burning and shining lamps. Come on, lift up your voice. You cheer for the Georgia Bulldogs louder than this. God, I ask that you would release the spirit of groaning. Lord, I ask for a fresh season of travail. Lord, holy grippings. Ho. Come on, it's gotta be pure. There's something pure, there's something undefiled. God, drive out compromise from your church. God, we're asking would you come and cleanse the church in this nation. God, would you raise up the sons and daughters of Zadok 
Oh God, restore the priesthood once again. Oh, raise up voices, God, voices that thunder. Oh, we need the thundering and the lightning once again. God, raise up the Whitfields, raise up the Wesleys. Oh, God, raise up trumpets. Come on, he's calling you back. Come, come, come. Run to him. Run to him tonight. Don't harden your heart. This is your moment. Oh, God, break up the fallow ground. God, break up that fallow ground. Make crooked paths straight. Prepare the way of the Lord. Come on, I sense a second wave is coming. There's a wave of holiness here tonight. There's a wave of refreshing here tonight. Come on, come on, lift up your voice. Press in. power in the name of Jesus there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain God, we're calling forth the Radshak, the Meshach, and the Abednego anointing. God, I'm asking that you would rally a tribe of firebrands in this house. Oh, I see some holy and some hot ones in this house. Just hear the Lord saying, men, men of this house, I'm calling you to your post. If you are a man in this house, God is calling you to your post. He's sounding an alarm. He's saying it starts with you. Come on, if you're a man in this house, 
I want you to lift your hand. If you attend this church and you're a man in this house, I've been free from pornography for 17 years. I'm not just another angry preacher yelling about sin who's in sin. My wife's right here. I'm telling you right now, there is freedom in the name of Jesus. There is freedom in the name of Jesus. I want you to agree with me tonight to take our stand as men of purity that we are not going to let impurity enter our homes. We are not going to watch whatever we want. We are not going to let our children play whatever they want. There is a fresh call to the wall tonight. God is saying, men, will you climb upon the wall of my heart in this hour? Will you let me raise you up as a man of courage? So men all over this house, I want you to pray with me. I want you to bow your head. I'm believing right now in the name of Jesus. God, we repent right now as the men of this house from all perversion, from all lust. Lord, we turn away from sin right now in the name of Jesus. No more freedom in Jesus' name. We turn away. And we set our thoughts on whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is upright. We set our mind on things above. And Lord, I'm asking for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Sir, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire to deliver you in a moment of temptation. It is impossible to sin while you pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray those demons right off of you right now in Jesus' name. Koya rabashandarabakaya. In the name of Jesus, every tormenting spirit, leave your life right now in Jesus' name. I come against a spirit of wickedness and adultery right now in Jesus' name. We cut you off. We command you to go right now in Jesus' name. Last thing, I want to call for men of prayer. I thank God 
for all the spiritual women in this house. I thank God for Pastor Karen Smith. I shout for joy just as much as when I hear. Come on, let's thank God for this mom, this mother in the faith. Come on, thank God for the mothers in Israel. Thank God for the Deborahs and the Esthers. But I believe the Lord wants to see men and women, mothers and fathers, husbands and wives on the wall in this season. So men, would you agree with me for a fresh season of prayer? God, I ask right now for every male in this house, Lord, that we would feel the drawing of the Holy Spirit to that place of prayer. Lord, I pray that you would restore priestly intercession in homes in America. Oh, I see some of you doing more than prayer. You're attacking darkness. You're wrestling it off your children. You're casting it out of your bedroom. God, search this nation with lamps once again. Thank you, God. I said this before, but I wanna close our time with this. I, I sense, I know that there's always an anointing in this house for healing and the baptismal waters. I sense tonight specifically, there is also an anointing in the waters to swallow up sin and compromise, specifically impurity. I wanna encourage you if you struggle with lust, pornography, thoughts that you know are not from Jesus, I wanna ask you to consider when you go under the water and you come up out of again you are a new creation the old is past and the new has come and you will walk in a realm of freedom and deliverance you've not known before i know i've talked a lot to men women i know that there's a struggle here too the Spirit of the Lord has been stirring you if you're struggling. I believe that there's freedom tonight from homosexuality, transgenderism, identity crisis. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He died for you to make you whole and clean. If you are confused tonight, if you are struggling with this, I want to encourage you. God has come to set you free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just pray one more time. Just bow your heads. Just one more time, and we'll transition into the baptisms. Holy Spirit, don't let one of us go tonight. 
As one revivalist said, sick the hounds of heaven on them. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would sick the hounds of heaven on all of us, that you would not let us get away with one thing. Come on, some of you just felt that. You felt an intensity of the fear of the Lord and the conviction of sin just hit you. I just want to ask this, if you know you need freedom and you're struggling tonight and you want to be free, why don't you just raise your hand? Just, you got to be vulnerable. <clears throat> Come on, if there's a hand up around you, just, just stretch out real quick, real quick. I, 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 I sense the struggle is very real here. You don't have to go into counseling, just say in the name of Jesus, and then pray for your brother or sister in the name of Jesus. Come on, the Lord is not here to condemn anyone. It's His kindness that's drawing us through love and truth. To those struggling tonight, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes you and cleanses you. More, Lord, just 30 more seconds. More, Lord, thank you for your blood. Freedom in Jesus' name. clean tonight by your blood. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Hallelujah. As we begin to transition tonight, I... I sense that some of you feel the weight, the real glory of God, that by the way, brings conviction of sin. If you're calling it glory and it's not bringing conviction of sin, it's not glory. If you have the glory on you, I wanna encourage you rest in it, lay down in it. Let it wash over you tonight. Don't be too quick to run. I just want to say one more time, I ask you to consider being baptized in these waters tonight if you're struggling and letting the water swallow up by the blood of Jesus, all compromise. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. How many of you are already sensing freedom tonight? Come on, let's give Jesus a round of applause. Come on. Waves of refreshing. Want to allow you to linger? You can do that. We're going to, Pastor Jeff, start with that first group. Don't leave. Don't rush. If you have letter A, I want you to come and make your way right up here. Come right around this way. Just straight up here. Take your time. Have to rush. Christ Fellowship altar team, prayer team. There's some down front. ministering to the men very particular and precisely helping us with the common issue of lust I heard the Holy Spirit saying to me don't forget the women and he didn't he mentioned it but I'm gonna I'm gonna go one step further with it there's an extra layer of shame with women that are struggling with pornography and inner lust because we treat it as a man's disease and woman often says if it's a man's disease there must be something more wrong with me because I'm a woman and I'm struggling with it ladies don't leave here tonight under that veil of shame Get into the pool. I, I'm telling you, you can be so free from it that when it tries to tempt you, you laugh at it. You can get that free. You'll get to the point where you're not afraid of it because it's a defeated enemy and, and eventually, listen, you resist him until he flees from you. team to begin to, to sing. This is a battle season. It's a battle season. Sometimes the Lord fights your battles for you. Other times he says, I want you to fight with me alongside of me. struggle on your own humble yourself humble yourself humble yourself don't be embarrassed because you're struggling we've all struggled with something He trains my 
一切。